Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. I'm here sitting in the Underbelly Bar, which is called Abattoir, because the Underbelly's theme is a cow, and I assume that death is their theme as well. Uh, we are in George Square Gardens at the Edinburgh Fringe, because this is literally the only place that we can find good Wi-Fi. But what you can hear in the background is the sound of a thousand artists having a nervous breakdown, and also some civilians eating ice cream and refusing to be flyered into shows because it's too hot. So instead of writing an intro, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some extracts from my five-star review of my show, Kronos. The breathtakingly funny, relatable and meaningful bombos that comprise Kronos are set amidst the premise of Alice stitching this show together last minute across a train ride from London to Glasgow in March 2020. With genre-defying material so original, eyes will widen at the novelty. Alice is a superlative wordsmith. The poignancy and connection Alice infuses into her writing and delivery, evidenced by prior alliterative stand-up treasures, Empire Ethos, Mythos, The Resistance, and her inaugural Edinburgh Fringe Wonder, Savage, are what will keep her words alive and along with you long after you leave her. But you will not leave her because this is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for Visual World. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Josh Gondelman and Stefan Allen. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I feel, I uh, compared to your situation, I'm in a tranquil and relaxed New York City right now. <laughs> the front page of this week's magazine is Serena Williams, uh, retiring at the age of 41, posing next to all of her trophies. I uh, know that's her in the corner. No, that's her in the, it's even smaller. She's just right there in the tiny Tiny, tiny corner. It's like, where's Wally? Or as you say in America, <laughs> where's Waldo? Apparently in 1987, when they brought where's Wally to America, they decided that Americans couldn't handle the name Wally. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel so talked down to by my childhood books in a way that obviously they always have been talking down to me, but now I'm aware of it. It's only occurring to me now that I didn't know whether Wally or Waldo was original. 
so it's nice to have Australia as a sort of deciding vote. Well, he's a, Brit he's a British author, so I think uh, it was originally Wally, and uh, the, the Americans were the ones who were patronised by Waldo. And then, you know, the reality is in, in Germany, I think it's Walter, full name. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in France, it's Ch Charlie, Charlie, like Charlie Hebdo, Je suis oh, Charlie. Wow. Everyone's, everyone's Waldo in France. <laughs> well, then he's much easier to find. <laughs> <laughs> the way you put it, though, it sounds like America has never heard of a Wally, but is crawling with Waldos, which is not the case in my experience. Okay, here's a thought, though, because evil Wally is called Oddlaw. Oh. Which is Waldo backwards. Mm. Oh. So is that an American invention? I imagine it is an American invention, like fries. Yes. Or as they're known <laughs> everywhere else in the world, French fries. They're not an American invention at all. Yeah. Belgian. Okay, so what you're saying is that America looked at Where's Wally and thought, this is good, but it needs a villain. <laughs> it needs a villain. Which is, I, I always considered in the earlier books, the villain was the frailty of perception and the uh, the kind of, the, the way that perception washes over you and makes people anonymous, even when they're crying out to be found. But apparently they needed a guy with a mustache or whatever. <laughs> now it's time for the satirical cartoon for this week. The satirical cartoon this new week is the FBI raiding Donald Trump's house at Mar-a-Lago. And one of the FBI agents is saying to the others, do you think this is a good idea? And one of the other ones says, why? Because it'll make people angry and like incite conspiracy theorists. And the original one says, no, because it means we'll have to make Trump jokes in the news again. The satirical cartoon for this week. Uh, Josh, how do you feel about having to make Trump jokes again? I like truly haven't thought of a new thing. Actually, that's not true. I thought of one thing to say because it was the same day, but like I'm really scraping the bottom of my brain barrel. Uh, but it was the same day that he said, I wish that my generals had had the loyalty of German generals, right? Like, and the fortitude of like World War II German generals, essentially. And I'm like, well, then I think. Trump should have acted as decisively as Hitler did when he found people about to raid his compound. <laughs> uh, Stefan? I quite like uh, Donald Trump being back in the news because it feels like when an old Doctor Who comes back. <laughs> yeah, they're not really the focus anymore, but it's just, oh yeah, I remember you. And even if you didn't like them at the time, it just helps you feel nostalgic. Oh yeah, like the reboots makes you feel young again. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Now it's time for our top story. In our top story this week, a runner has come in last in a 400-meter dash after a wardrobe mishap. Uh, Josh Gondelman, you're a runner. Can you unpack a story for us? <laughs> sure. So an Italian runner uh, came in last in an event, a 400-meter dash in a, as part of a decathlon in Colombia. And he came in last. People noticed that he was clutching at his groin. It wasn't an injury. His penis had fallen out of his shorts uh, and he was trying to kind of keep it contained and I think even though he came in last in the race once your penis unfurls out the bottom of your garment you're already a winner uh, I think that's the case he doesn't seem to have I will say does not seem to have the heart of a champion though right like when, if your penis pops out during a big race you've got to let that thing flap and hope it crosses the finish line ahead of the rest of you just go for it uh, fortunately 
this is a decathlon, so he has a few chances to make up ground. Perhaps he will do better in like a javelin or a pole vaulting event. I mean, I think it's such a sad story because he's 18. So he's, although it is an adult uh, penis incident, he's quite young adult. So this is, I feel like a very formative thing he's taken to social media to express his feelings about it. He says, uh, I'm conscious. It was obviously an accident. And I'd like to tell you, I'm aware of the reaction and you don't need to send me the links to the blogs out there. Poor man just being cascaded. I mean, this is the reverse dick pic. He's being sent thousands of pictures of his own penis. <laughs> Which might be historically unprecedented. So I think he's, <laughs> you know, he didn't finish in record time, but he is setting some kind of competitive record here. Yeah. I think this is win-win, really. Because <laughs> if I was a racer, I'm sure there's financial advantages to winning, but the main reason you'd want to win a race is bragging rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's slightly better than winning a race to say i was slowed down by my own penis that's that is in some way the freudian version uh, of bragging the racing is surely aiming towards yeah yeah i think yeah ultimately they should just have a dick swinging competition so he's he's uh, arguably launched the very first real life dick swinging competition and won it I don't think he's lost at all. (laughs) He was the only competitor, so I do think he won on a technicality. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by mugs, because drinking hot coffee out of your hands is a mugs game. (laughs) And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Soup Spoons, the smuggest f***s in the cutlery drawer. (laughs) Changed my mind. And a new novel is out by self-published romance maven and online bestseller, Dancy Lagarde, 53rd in the Bright Young Things series of sapphic 1920s mystery novels with a moralistic twist. The flapper's precious rose is the story of Amber Bennett, known as Bambi to her friends. She's a debauched debutante dilettante with a mink coat and a taste for cocaine. The daughter of a Viscount, a bad girl caught up in the wrong crowd, disillusioned by the loss of her childhood sweetheart during the war, nobody and nothing can crack her brittle exterior until practical and prim Ethelbridge Tunwell is a battlefield nurse with a grudge against the aristocracy, a medal for bravery, sensible shoes and serious PTSD. When Ethel catches Bambi raiding her opium cabinet and ties her to a gurney to await the authorities, sparks fly. These natural enemies feel a passionate connection that cannot be denied. When Ethel is caught up in the mob malfunctions of one of Bambi's evil associates and uh, kidnapped on a boat, the flapper must put aside her self-indulgent lifestyle and plunge waist-deep into a throbbing adventure full of forbidden romance, medically inadvisable fingering and wartime nostalgia. The flapper's precious rose, available now in all decades prior to the 1970s. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
That's all the time we have for our ad section now because now it's time for our next story. And this is our space news. This is the image of a distant star that turned out to be made of meat. Or did it? Uh, Stefan, can you unpack this story for us? Uh, so this is the story of a scientist who put up a picture claiming it was a picture of a distant star. Uh, and everyone got very excited uh, until the scientist revealed that it was actually a picture of a slice of pepperoni, which I really love. This is exactly what I would do if I was a scientist. I would spend all my time doing pranks. Just putting up headlines like, apple juice found on Mars. Or, uh, the dojos are fine, they were just hiding. <laughs> They're really good at camouflage. Josh? This is truly a brutal prank though he, he the scientist referred to it as a quote science joke but it is really the most deflating prank i've ever heard of it's like oh doesn't this picture make you feel tiny and insignificant in the context of the ineffable and unknowable vastness of our universe doesn't it give you perspective on on the petty problems you obsess over day to day doesn't it make you feel lucky to be part of a shared existence of humanity and this breathtaking intergalactic spectacle psych it's charcuterie you reflected on your own pathetic existence <laughs> for nothing. Well, I mean, just from a Buddhist perspective, everything is sort of awe-inspiring. If you think of things as, as atoms, we are as much ineffably bigger than an atom in a piece of salami than we are ineffably smaller than a star in a distant universe. So I think it's actually as awe-inspiring to look at a piece of chorizo as it is to look at a distant star. I, I agree with you. I think that we were kind of tricked into believing in the beauty of our universe, but really it's an opportunity to marvel at the majesty of chorizo, right? The colors, <laughs> the composition, the implication of flavor. It really makes me believe that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. I think maybe God exists. Well, yeah, I think when you look at things like the diagram of the golden mean and things like that, and they sort of superimpose that over various things in nature and it makes everything look like it's connected. Mm -hmm. How does the miniaturization of a distant galaxy in the form of a slice of meat plywood um, <laughs> not inspire you to believe in a kind of an echoing sort of communion of things in the universe? So I think I see it from the other angle, though, because I've only just learned of the philosophy of the sublime, the idea that we see a giant mountain and we feel insignificant and it makes us feel very small. Um, and what I like about this is... You know, that's not inherent to the chorizo. I can see that you can intellectualize it, but if you look at it, it doesn't make you instinctively feel small. But what we've done is, yeah, but just imagine it was massive. <laughs> I like that. I like the way it works. I, it's made me really appreciate Honey, I Shrunk the Kids more. <laughs> just turning the everyday into the sublime. I mean, the, my favourite bit about this whole story is that we've had three different pronunciations of the Spanish sausage and <laughs> nobody knows who's right. Oh, I know and I'm Don't tell wrong. me the Spanish are right. I really Americanized it, for sure. Um, and look, I knew, I we should have known something was up, right? Because this picture, and I hate to say it, looked way better than the other ones taken by the Webb telescope. Like, I know people found those other ones moving uh, for what they mean for science and our universe, but visually, that was some Windows 95 computer desktop looking stuff. I mean, like, some real 90s TV scrambled porn ass photos. I get it. We're all specks of dust, but you know what else is a speck of dust? A speck of dust. And that's what it looked like we were looking at. <laughs> well, that's because ultimately... As much money as you try and put into photographing space, they're never going to be as incentivized as people trying to take pictures of things for a takeaway menu. <laughs> <laughs> Those need to look appetizing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I totally agree.
that's all the time we have for space sausage news because now it's time for ant bookworm news. A woman in Brazil has reported finding that her Amazon Kindle e-reader has been infested with ants who are now buying books on her behalf. Josh Gondelman, you've uh, read a book. Can you unpack <laughs> this story? Yes, of course. So this woman found that that there were purchases she couldn't explain on her Kindle account, and then she looked, and there was a little hole where ants were crawling into it. And first of all, I have to say, huge respect to this woman for apparently having an unprecedented level of crumbs in her electronic device. My laptop <laughs> is basically a crouton buffet at this point, and that has never happened to me. So she's on the next level. My hat is off to her. Um, secondly, I want to say that I really relate to these ants, because they're buying a bunch of books they're never going to read, and that's classic <laughs> me behavior. <laughs> this is truly the most adorable version of Black Mirror, where technology goes awry, and I like this world. Ants are ordering books online. You can get anything delivered instantly, but what cost? It's brought to you by a platypus. The president is a goat. I think this is kind of fun. Well, I mean, this is like, this is one of the, I do, I do not think Amazon is against this. I think Amazon wants you to accidentally order books online while having sex. I think that this is the ultimate outcome, that the capitalism has gone so wild that ants can act on your behalf as your book buying agent. <laughs> <laughs> next, there'll be a cockroach negotiating the rights for the next Fast and the Furious movie. I'm just going to say that if this had happened to me, I would never have told anyone. Because the story seems so implausible, and I don't trust myself to be able to sell it. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have even asked for a refund, because the idea of telling them, it wasn't me, it was several thousand ants in a trench coat. <laughs> sure, buddy, we all saw the ants. <laughs> I do like, though, that this shows that ants are more efficient than monkeys. Because mm -hmm. yes. they can just order the complete works of Shakespeare. <laughs> you need an infinite number of monkeys with typewriters to produce it. <laughs> Your reviews section now. As you know, each week we ask both of our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Stefan, what have you brought in for us? Uh, I'm going to review Tenerife. Okay. So, can I be unprecedented and give the star rating first? Yes. I'm giving it five stars. Okay. That is not what the review reads like it is aiming towards. <laughs> but I don't think you could give a place less than five stars. I think that's awful. Okay. However, I've got some criticisms. <laughs> so I'd never been to Tenerife because I'm Welsh. I grew up with not a huge amount of money. So that was somewhere the posh kids went, the daughters of uh, politicians and lawyers. And uh, whereas uh, my wife, there is a sort of wealthier branch of her family that decided after lockdown, let's go to Tenerife. I wasn't prepared for it. I thought it was in Spain. It's actually off the coast of Africa because it isn't in Spain. It belongs to Spain, which is <laughs> different. So you sort of go there. It's built for tourists, which I was I was thinking I could try some tapas. The first restaurant I actually saw was Burgess because it's for us British scum. Uh, the thing I liked about it is that there aren't neon signs for the nightclubs because they know we'll just find our way to that that's not where the competition is we'll smell the stale aftershock and go there <laughs> uh, so the neon signs in Tenerife are all on pharmacies so that's where the real <laughs> that's where the real money is first sign I saw said we speak English you go into the pharmacy you can't browse at the shelves they just give you a party bag with uh, an Alka-Seltzer and a morning after pill <laughs> Uh, so Tenerife, five stars. Tenerife, five stars. Josh Gondelman, what have you brought in for us? This is my review of feeling better after you've been sick. Um, feeling better after you've been sick. Feeling sick, obviously, we're talking that's a, a, a one to two star experience. 
maximum, right? Your body feels bad. Uh, you can't go to an amusement park. Food tastes weird. <laughs> Not a great experience. Feeling better after being sick, I would say a substantially uh, improved experience, right? Uh, your senses come flooding back to you. You are your your the abilities of your body return. Uh, you you feel a renewed sense of enthusiasm for life. However, you are expected once your ability to do things returns. You the expectation that you will do things returns with it, and that is the rub, isn't it? Right? You you people expect you to do things. They want you to go places and accomplish things. And I'd got pretty used to in the past couple weeks a life of zero accomplishment and zero expectation and I don't like the fact that that <laughs> left me so I'm getting it's a real mixed bag here I'm gonna go for uh, feeling better after you've been sick three and a half stars three and a half stars so we've got a five star that read like a two and a three and a half star that read like a probably a four and a half star well done okay. uh, for getting better Josh it's a nice thing infinite possibility that lies ahead of you and now it's time for our final story in this shambolic festival edition of The Gargle. This is like, as far as The Gargle goes as a glossy magazine, I feel like this is the zine edition of the glossy <laughs> magazine. This is just like badly photocopied A4 black and white pen drawings that have been stapled onto an old newspaper. Uh, so I apologize for that. We will try and do better next week. And it's now time for our final story, the story of a man who stole an excavator and just started digging a Salt Lake City police arrested a man on Sunday oh, because he stole an excavator from a construction site. He drove almost a mile and then he just randomly dig, dug a hole. Uh, which I think, let us be honest, we have all wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of us walk past a digger without like a wooga-ing it at it like a cartoon from the 1940s. Like, we all want to steal a digger and dig a hole. The police are arresting a folk hero here. I don't, I don't know what more I can say in praise of the man who dug a hole. It wasn't a purposive hole. It was just a hole for the sake of a hole. And I feel like he's building a portfolio to audition for a job in construction. There's just, <laughs> there's just this, this is an unpaid internship in hole digging. I think it's beautiful. I think it is beautiful. But I also think I really want to... Because I, I can think of a thousand different ways to approach that dream. You know, is this a childhood thing? Is this someone who, as a child, tried digging a hole to China and thought, I need to scale up? (laughs) Uh, Is this someone who played Grand Theft Auto and thought, yeah, I want to do that in real life? You know, I can empathise with that. I grew up on Pokemon and (laughs) there is a part of me that wants to make a hedgehog fight a seagull. Or maybe this is just someone who has run out of novel experiences. I think we live in a world where the internet gives us access to so many things that sometimes we do things that are absolutely morally wrong, but we do them because it's the only thing we haven't experienced. Like the other day, I ate a deep fried cream egg. It was awful, but now I know what it's like. Josh? Yeah, I mean, how can you blame someone for wanting to live a childhood dream? Every four-year-old wants to dig a big hole with an excavator, and this guy did it. Like, sure, it's a crime, but it's a really impressive commitment to staying in touch with one's inner child, and we need to celebrate that. Like, if a space shuttle was sitting there with the keys in it, it would be hard to turn down your one chance to actually be an astronaut, right? Like, you would have you would have to understand that that's what's happening. Also, th- here's a little bit of American context. Um... In Salt Lake City, it's like substantially harder to access alcohol. So there's a good chance that this person was not even drunk, was just like, I gotta do this for the love of the game, or meth. 
but I don't want to make assumptions. <laughs> well, maybe this speaks to alcoholic tolerance. <laughs> Uh, maybe he he'd returned from holiday having had his first pint <laughs> and a lifetime's worth of bad drunk decisions mm-hmm. all came out at once. Well, I mean, I read this story a number of times trying to find the and he was on drugs line, but there was it was absent from this tale. So I think I think we just have to assume that he is a rational actor acting in his own best interests. And he's decided, well, look, there's plenty of things that are crimes that should not be crimes. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to make a stand, and by a stand I mean a hole. I'm going to make a hole. <laughs> and now, with a spaceship launching in the background of this podcast, I am going to draw it to a close. I'm flipping through the ads at the end. Stefan, have you got anything to plug? Uh, yes, I'm doing the Edinburgh Festival. I'm on every day at 2 p.m. Uh, at Cannons Gate on the Royal Mile. Free entry donations at the end. I take Wednesdays off. Don't come on Wednesdays. And I also do Triple A, which is a showcase that I do with two other comics at 20 past 7 every day. Uh, that sells out very quickly, so if you want to come out to that, you have to be careful. And Josh, have you got anything to plug? I do. I have a new stand-up special uh, that came out this summer called People Pleaser. It's an hour. You can find it wherever you rent or buy streaming things. It's on Vimeo, I think, is the best place to find it, like, fully internationally available. And I'm starting to go on the road a little bit more. Boston, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, and more to come. And that'll be, you can find that at joshgondelman.com, or I'll tweet about it, Instagram, at joshgondelman. Uh, I'm also in Edinburgh. I've been saying hello to a lot of gugglers and buglers in the audience. Uh, do come along. Uh, I'm at the Gilda Balloon at 9.15. My show is called Kronos. This is a Bugle podcast, an Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. If you'd like to send us in a story at Hello Gugglers on Twitter, you can become one of our roving reporters. And uh, that's all I have to say for you. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com